Welcome to Talking Taxes Hill Roundtable, a Bloomberg Tax podcast. We'll sit down with our Hill team to discuss the latest legislative activity dealing with tax. I'm your host, Amanda Icone, and we're excited you're here. Hi, I'm joined today by Bloomberg tax reporters Ali Versprill and Stu Basu. Thanks for having us. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm great. Thanks for being here with me today. Well, we're two weeks away from the November 6th congressional elections, and uh, the outcome could have an impact on tax policy going forward. So we're going to spend the day talking about what that could mean. Stu, I'm wondering, it's looking like the Dems could pick up as many as 20 to 40 seats in the House. What would happen if the Democrats did take control of the House? Who would be the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee? So that would be Richard Neal, a Democrat from Massachusetts. He was first elected to Congress in 1988. He's been on the Ways and Means Committee for 25 years. And it's safe to say that he has long aspired to being the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. There's a little bit of table setting going on, uh, at least uh, among those who follow tax policy and the one, the two or three words that I heard over and over again when I talked to people about Richard Neal was uh, he's calm, thoughtful, and measured. And I think it's also important to note uh, with Richard Neal in terms of priorities, if he were to be the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, he has emphasized over and over again that he would like to have some kind of after-the-fact hearings on the Republican tax law that passed at the end of 2017 and sort of, you know, give Democrats an opportunity to kind of have their voices heard with regard to some of those policies that were passed. And the key next year will be how much leeway Democrat Democratic leadership allow Neil on what his priorities might be. Because I was talking to several former lawmakers and they said that, you know, uh, the moment this election is over, the next move is the 2020 election cycle and Democrats might enter it faster than they want to because of pressures from the progressive wing of their party. So it remains to be seen the Democratic caucus will have to decide what their priorities are, what their messaging uh, might be. I want to circle back to those changing tax priorities in a minute. But First, Stu, I wondered if you could talk about races, the outcome of specific races that might impact who is serving on the House Ways and Means Committee. Are any of those current members facing tough re-election campaigns? Absolutely. As of today, Carlos Corbello, Republican from Florida, his race is uh, rated as a toss-up. So is Mike Bishop, Republican from Michigan. Two more Republican members appear to be, you know, fighting a battle to save their seats. They are in uh, seats rated as lean Democratic by the Cook Cook Political Report. These are Pete Roscombe, Republican from Illinois, and Eric Paulson, Republican from Minnesota. So likely to see some fresh faces on the committee Yes. And, you know, what will eventually happen is we'll see new leaders on both sides. Outside of Richard Neal, uh, we have existing members on the Democratic side, such as Lloyd Doggett of Texas, Mike Thompson of California, Earl Blumenauer, other people who are known for working across the aisle, like Ron Kind, Democrat from Wisconsin, could also kind of come to the forefront. On the Republican side, it's people like Kenny Marchant. He's been on the committee for a while. He will finally assume some kind of leadership position. 
Coalition and Tom Reed, Republican from New York. And remember, too, on the Ways and Means Committee, particularly on the Republican side, there are several members that are running for other positions in their state, governorships, et cetera, some members that are retiring, and then you have folks just going for... They're running for other offices. Running for other offices, yes, yeah. So um, in January, we'll have to circle back and look at who's back and who's not and what that means for tax policy as well. But there's possible changes on the Senate side as well, Allie. Are there any close races affecting Senate finance members? Yes. So on the Senate Finance Committee, there are three important races to keep an eye out on. We have a Democrat, Bill Nelson from Florida, another Democrat, Claire McCaskill from Missouri, and then we have Republican Dean Heller from Nevada. Those are all close races as of now. And, you know, so we'll have to see what happens. And obviously, new members on the Senate Finance Committee can change priorities there. So... Well, and we know the chairman is leaving, Orrin Hatch is retiring. Who might the next chairman be and what impact could there be on tax policy? So the the first person that would be in line for the chairmanship would be Chuck Grassley. He is currently the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. So in making that decision, he would have to step down from his other leadership role to take on the Senate Finance Committee chairmanship. If he decides against it, we'll have Michael Crapo. Um, He's a Republican from Idaho, and he would be the one taking that spot. In terms of Grassley, I've talked to his office, and they've said that he's not planning on making any sort of announcements until after the election. It's important to note that he did serve as the Senate Finance Committee chair in the early mid-2000s, and that we might see if he were to resume that role, or or assume that role, so that he would maybe have a focus on oversight, kind of looking at the way the IRS is operating. So something to pay attention to for sure. Bigger picture, what impact could the November 6th election have on tax policy? How might it change the direction, the conversation going forward? So on the House side, we will be able to kind of get a picture of what their priorities might be come 2021 when, uh, you know, the Democrats hope to have both the Senate and the House and the presidency. So there'll be some table setting going on, some bills that will be kind of trial balloons to see how they do. So that's what we expect on the House side. I think immediately on the House side, too, you could see a call for Trump's tax returns. There's a lot of push within the party to get a hold of those and kind of release them to the public. So we may see some movement there. You know, on the Senate side and the House side, some of these tax priorities that we're kind of seeing that have stalled, you know, prior to the midterms, technical fixes to the tax law, things like extenders, those are, you know, very clearly dependent on who's holding the majorities in the, uh, you know, the two different and the two different different chambers. I talked to a former GOP tax aide who said even there's a lot of talk that if Democrats win the House, there's no chance for technical fixes to the tax law, that they're just not going to want to be seen helping Republicans fix this law that they they feel they didn't have a lot of input in. But if you look at this from a different angle, they may actually want to get those changes done in sort of the lame duck period where Republicans are still in power and they're about to come to the majority in order to say if Republicans pass it in that time frame, it's still kind of they own it. You know, they own those changes to the tax law. It remains on their plate as opposed to keeping it there and having them have to deal with it over the next two years. So something to to watch. So there's still a possibility that in the lame duck session that a technical correction bill could pass. It's a it's kind of uh, unknown right now. It's it's a give and take. Uh, You know, the Democrats in the Senate 
will ask for something in return. So, and the Republicans will weigh, will have to weigh if you know their ask is doable or not. And what about the chances of uh, a tax bill 2.0, which would have would make permanent the middle class tax cuts, among other changes? Where does that stand currently? Within the tax uh, 2.0 package, there's a lot of it seen as not really going anywhere, but there was a retirement portion, which was you know substantially similar to the Senate's. Um, Retirement Enhancement and Savings Act, or what's known as RESA. And in the Senate, that has bipartisan support. So there's some thought that they, the House and Senate could come together and actually pass something in the retirement area before the end of the year or you know into the next year. And that could be regardless of how the election turns out. In terms of bipartisan efforts, there's also some, some support behind the IRS retooling package. That was that package to you know make some changes to the way the IRS operates. There are bills in the House and Senate right now. They're really just trying to reconcile those two packages. And so that's another thing we may see move regardless of the election outcome. Something they could get done during a lame duck session? You know, potentially maybe before the end of the year, if not, you know, something that may move, you know, in this coming year. So it just it just depends with what they can get done in those those few months before the end of the year. So we're talking about the upcoming election. And I'm wondering how has the, the tax law, how have voters been responding to the tax law? We're one you're almost one year in. Is it gaining any traction with voters? Are they are they talking about it with, with candidates out on the campaign trail? How how is that playing out with voters? I think the that what we're seeing right now is it's not getting kind of the support from voters that Republicans were hoping for. So you're seeing less and less em- emphasis being placed on the tax law. Uh, there was an internal poll within the Republican um, National Committee that basically said that they had lost the messaging battle on the tax law. You know, Democrats have been arguing that it's you know only benefiting the rich, where Republicans are kind of making this argument about look how well the economy is doing, and so they're just seeing that they're not getting the traction that they were hoping for. So it's coming up less and less. Well, we'll leave it there for today. I want to thank uh, Bloomberg Tax reporters Stu Basu and Ali Rasprail for joining me today. All right, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Talking Tax. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloomberg Tax and subscribe to our show on iTunes or SoundCloud. Tune in next time for even more analysis on the tax news of the day. From the nation's capital, I'm Amanda Icone.